Let's stand in reverence to the reading of the King James Bible tonight. In Ephesians chapter number 2, the Bible said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Fathers, we bow in your presence. I want to thank you for Calvary and the blood and the cross of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for Brother Nick Stamper and the Mountain Valley Baptist Church. Thank you for these people this place. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. And I pray you'd help me to overcome my flesh tonight. Lord, you know I've been preaching outside for the last two weeks and Lord I have give out but Lord I pray that you'd help me tonight to be able to be a blessing and Lord the older I get the more uh, the more I am impressed Lord it's what we say and not necessarily how we say it so Father if you give a teaching gear if you give a preaching gear it makes no never mind to me I pray you'd help me to preach we'll bless you I pray you burden your people to have revival. We'll bless you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You can't be seated tonight. The Bible said in verse number one, and you hath the quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Now, has it ever dawned on you that every time that you talk to a sinner that you're talking to a dead man? Amen. And I want to preach on this subject tonight on how to talk to the dead. Uh, brother, I'm not talking about physically dead. That's because we wasn't physically dead. I mean, God, we could walk. We could talk. And God, through our dad, mom, gave us physical life. I'm not talking about mental death. Amen. We could think. We could add. We could subtract. Amen. Yes, we could because four plus four has always been five. Say amen right there. Hey, beloved, one of you's got that joke. The rest of you need to wake up. But beloved, we had physical life. We had mental life. But I'm talking about tonight that we did not have spiritual life. We would die spiritually. And if we'd have died in our sins, we'd have died without God went to hell. How to talk to the dead. I'm not talking about Samuel like he went to the witch of Endor and or, or, or Saul rather and called up Samuel. I'm not talking about getting a Ouija board or having a seance. I'm talking about getting an old-fashioned birdie for somebody that's going to hell and giving them a track and tell them about God and inviting them to church and talking to the dead. Oh, my beloved friend, we need to get a burden for those people that are going to hell without God. Amen. They have no spiritual life. We've been raised from death unto life. Amen. And we know it because we love the Bible and we love the brethren and we love the body of God, the church of the living God. There's been a change in us. Now, before we get to the message by way of introduction tonight, let's just study what God saved us from in the book of Ephesians chapter number 2. Now, if you know anything about the book of Ephesians, you can divide it right down the middle. You got chapter 1, 2, and 3. That's our positional place in Christ. You got chapter 3, 4, 4 5, and 6, rather. That's our practical walk with God. In chapter 1, 2, and 3, we find out how rich we are in Christ. In chapter 4, 5, and 6, amen, we find out how to walk with God. There were three commandments concerning the Holy Spirit in chapter 4, 5, and 6. We're to be filled with Him in chapter 5. We're not to grieve Him in chapter 4. And we're to pray in Him in chapter number 6. But we come down to our positional standing in Christ in chapter number two and we find out hey I like that song we sang tonight don't you Jesus saves Jesus saves or to shout it from a rooftop but there's a fountain filled with blood gone from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains praise the Lord for the saving grace of God where would you be tonight if not Jesus come to you and save you by your grace you'd 
still be in your sin on your way to hell. But the Bible said, for by grace are you saved through faith in that body yourselves. Thank God it's a gift of God. When we're unlovable, God loved us. When we're unreachable, God reached us. And he reached further down than we can reach up. What he saved us from tonight. Amen. I tell you what he saved us from. He saved us from disobedience. Verse number two. The Bible said that we were the children of disobedience. We were disobedient. You know what? We were disobedient to the law of God and the love of God. Amen. Do you realize when God saved us, our disobedience was fruited in the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But when God saved us, great God, he saved us from the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Isn't that a blessing to know? that the sins of this world don't have you in bondage anymore that you've been set free and now we're not disobedient we're obedient amen to God then we move on we got saved from damnation verse number 3 the Bible said that we were the children of wrath by nature amen Jesus saved us from hell we don't have to go to hell the only fire I'll ever feel is burning in my heart master Lord hell's not my home heaven is and I'm looking forward to meeting Jesus face to face. Nobody won't have to introduce me to him. I already know what he sounds like. I already know what he feels like. And when I see him, my soul will say, that's him, hallelujah, that's him. Why? Because we've been saved from damnation. Not only have we been saved from damnation, we've been saved from our daddy, the devil. Verses 2 and 3, he talks about a child of damnation, a child of wrath, a child of disobedience, rather. And if you're a child, that means you got a daddy. Amen, the devil ain't my daddy no more. The Bible said you're your father, the devil. He was a liar from the beginning. And those who still got the lies running through them, you're your father, the devil. Amen, they got saved from their daddy. But then they got saved from deceit. He said, verse number 8, from by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. We got saved from deceit and that not of yourselves. There's a lot of people think they're going to work their way to heaven. There's a lot of people think they're going to get in the presence of God at the great white throne judgment and talk about their works and talk about their gifts and talk about their giving but it ain't going to do no good because if you ain't been washed in the blood of Jesus you'll die without God and you'll burn in hell without God for an eternity. I'm glad God took the blinders off, aren't you? Amen. I didn't like it when it happened. But whoa, at night God showed me I was lost. I didn't like what I heard when he told me I was going to hell. I didn't like what I heard. How about you? Oh, but when you prayed in God and you repented of your sins and the peace came, neighbor, I'm glad looking back on it, I'm glad he told me I was lost. I'm glad, thank God, that he took the blinders off. I'm glad, thank God, that the truth came in. Thank God. We've been saved from deceit. How many of us, how many in the building were deceived the night you got saved? You thought you were saved, but if you'd have died, we'd have preached you into heaven, but your soul would have been burning in hell. Aren't you glad God came back around one more time? Amen. 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 
Got saved from deceit, got saved from being empty. Verse 12 talks about being without God. Verse 13, the Bible said, But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. We got saved from a distance. Man, we was a long way from God, was we not? Oh, but I couldn't go to him. He came to me. He took the old rugged cross and bridged that gulf that separated me from him. Thank God, hallelujah. The more I preach about what I'm saved from tonight, and God, I feel like I can run from here to Goobertown, Arkansas, and back. Thank God, I'm saved. We're no longer at a distance. Amen, we've been made nigh by the blood of the crucified one. Great God, there's liberty to preach tonight. Amen. Amen. We've been saved from a distance. Amen. Verse number 14, the Bible said, For he is our peace. Who hath made both one? And that's broken down the middle wall, our partition between us. Neighbor, we got saved from a division. There's a wall between us and God, and we couldn't get in. We wasn't allowed in. But when Christ died on the cross, and the veil of the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom, it wasn't from the bottom to the top, because it started with the hand of God, and God reached down from heaven, and it ripped that veil, and that wall's gone, and now we have access. Amen. We got saved from a division. Boy, we was divided. Boy, we got saved. Our text, verse number 15, we was enemies with God. But our text, and you hath the quickened who were dead, we got saved in death. He saved us not only from a future death in hell, of which, by the way, when that crowd gets called up, in the book of the Revelation at the great white throne, the Bible said this is the second death. They've already died without God and went to hell once, but they're going to have to die without God and go to the lake of fire again. How horrible that must be. Oh, but I'm talking about that present death we was in. We was lost without God. And God came to where we was, and he breathed breath in our life. Amen. And the wind of God got to blowing over our dead soul, and he produced life. He's the source of life. He's the father of life. And he gave us eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. We're saved from death. So if I'm saved from death, then I ought to be finding somebody to talk to that's dead themselves, haven't I? Amen. I tell you what, old Lazarus, when he got resurrected, I guarantee you he had something to say about that. <laughs> yes! That little girl got resurrected from death back to life. She had something to say about that. That widow named son got resurrected! He had, he had something to say about that. Brother, I'm telling you, you ever get resurrected? One of the main fruits of being saved by God's grace tonight is that you're going to tell somebody else what God did for you. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. If you ain't following you ain't fishing and we better be going after the lost Amen. briefly tonight and I won't keep you long first of all if we're going to go after if we're going to talk to the dead first of all you're going to have to search them out you're going to have to go looking for them Hey, somebody say amen right there. When's the last time you went looking for a lost sinner? I like what the Bible said in the book of Luke chapter number 15 
Excuse me if I could pull it up right quick. He said, what man are you having a hundred sheep? If you lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost. You ought to underline this in your Bible, until he find it. Hey, you got lost cousins, go get them. Lost aunts, go get them. Lost uncles, go get them. Lost grannies, lost grandparents, go get them. Lost friends, go get them. Search them out on purpose. Get up with, a, with an agenda and a motive on your heart that I'm going to tell somebody about God today and I'm going to find somebody that needs God today and be a witness. You don't have to have a formalized visitation program to tell somebody about Jesus. Search them out. By the way, if we all got really filled with the Holy Ghost of God, if we all got spirit filled, We'd be looking for them every day of our lives. The pastor wouldn't be able to keep the track rack full. Can I get a witness right there? You got to search them out. Go for them. I mentioned it this morning. Get a list together. Uh, put your friends that don't go to church on a list with an address. Uh, give it to your pastor. Let, a, let the man of God and his wife or one of the men of the church to go with him and have a formal visitation from the pastor of the Mountain Valley Baptist Church. Knock on their door. Hey, you know Brother James. He gave me your name. Gave me your address. Have we wanted to come give you a personal visit and a personal invitation out of our church and give you the gospel of Jesus Christ? They might get mad at you, Brother James, but I'd rather be mad at me right here as for them and one day get saved and for them be burning in hell a million years from now. We gotta search them out. Go get them. Amen. We got to search them out. Then next to how next to how we're gonna stop talk to the dead. Well, we gotta talk to them scripturally. If you're going to talk to a lost person, you better not do it without the Bible. Amen or not? It ain't your illustrations. And I love to tell people about when Jesus saved me. And God uses our testimonies. But really, it ain't my testimony that saved somebody. It's the testimony of Christ. Hey, but we got to talk to them scripturally. we got to search them out. Hey, and you, you realize when Jesus talked to that woman at the well, he brought the Bible up. Hey, man, he brought her sin up. Hey, man to God, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's okay. He's there, and he says, she said, well, let me go get my husband. He said, you, you've done had five husbands, and the one you're living with now ain't even your own. Hey, man, and he pointed out her sin. you got to talk to them scripturally about sin. Are you go talk to a drunk? No, we're not going to jump down the throat. We're not going to be rude unless we have to be. I guess Paul talked about being rude in speech but the sin issue is going to come up I've seen too many people on an altar trying to get saved one boy I'll never forget it he got on an altar and he was trying to get saved and I said you're holding on to something son he said well if I get saved and if I go have to break up my girlfriend I said I don't reckon I said are you shacked up with her he said yes I said then you're going to have to move out and if you love her one day you'll get married but the fornication's over with and the shacking up's over with and boy he got up off that altar that day and God left him. He rejected God and he's still going to hell without God as far as I know. That sin has got to be scripturally dealt with. Amen. Amen. There are four things that need to be dealt with. First of all, there's got to be a faith that needs to be dealt with. When we're talking scripturally to a sinner, the just shall live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We've got to talk to them about their sin. We've got to talk to them about hell. We've got to talk to them about the judgment of God. We've got to talk to them about their eternal state. But what that eternal state is a result of is they would not repent of their sin. We've got to talk to them about repentance. The Bible said, except you repent, you 
shall all likewise perish. There are men in our day that say that repentance is for Jews and faith is for the Gentiles and that's how it is. But I got a good Japanese word for that and it's called hagiwashi. That good neighbor, listen here. Amen. It's repentance for the Jews and repentance for the Gentiles. It's faith for the Jews and faith for the Gentiles. Your daddy's going to have to repent just like you had to repent. Your daddy's going to have to believe just like you had to believe. Brother, these are Bible doctrines that cannot be neglected. Oh, but then they got to know. They got to know about repentance. They got to know about lordship. They got to know about conviction. Amen. I'm talking about when you talk to a sinner scripturally, and that sinner looks at you and says, "Well, uh, I, I want to be saved." Uh, you, amen. You better know God's a dealing with them, and don't you dare lead them in a one, two, three. Repeat after me. Get them to sign that little three by five card. You're not a soul winner. You're a soul damner. Is what you are. Amen. It still takes Holy Ghost conviction for sinners to be saved, but as many as to receive Him to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Amen, Amen or not? Amen. We got to talk to them about conviction. Boy, but then let's not forget Calvary. Let's not forget the grace of God. Let's not forget the substitutional sacrificial death. Oh, boy, there's a lot that a sinner needs to hear. Amen. I'm telling you, the Bible said faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Amen. They ain't never been a sinner got saved without a knowledge of Calvary, without a knowledge of Jesus, without a knowledge of their sin, without a knowledge of faith, without a knowledge. I mean, God's going to turn the lights on. And when the Word of God and the Holy Spirit are working together, amen, it will produce eternal life in the heart of a believer. We've got to talk to them scripturally. Well, so what am I supposed to do? Quote them a verse. Read them a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, what about uh, there's none that doeth good, no, not one? What about that verse that said, For all have sinned to come short of the glory of God? What about the verse where it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life? Hey, but what about that verse? What about, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us? What about that verse that says, The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? Now, I know there were those that have got that 10 step program of winning somebody to God but you have got to learn how to follow the Holy Ghost of God. Neighbor if you don't learn to follow the leadership of God amen all you're going to do is make a twofold more child of hell out of that person than yourself. But And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands but oh Lord if we would would there be somebody in this building today that you don't know how to lead nobody to God. You wouldn't know what to do it would scare you to death if somebody came up to you on the job and said hey I'm lost I'm going to hell would you take a Bible and show me from the word of God how to be saved could you do it would you do it or would you pull your pastor up on speed dial or your pastor's wife up on speed dial and let your pastor lead them to God on the phone now we know that the Holy Ghost does the saving but God uses people to get the message of those people I'm not going to jump in the ditch of the easy believism and I'm not going to jump in that Calvinism ditch where to preach the gospel a feller told me one time said John only time I preach the gospel is cause God told me to why do you preach it I said because God told me to and the hopes that somebody might get saved by the grace of God Jesus saved and he uses his church to get the gospel out Amen. we got to talk to him scripturally but then nextly well there's a lot to be said there we've got to talk to him sincerely our motives have got to be right. That in all things he might have the preeminence. 
Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory and praise and honor for thy mercy and for thy true sake. Our motive has got to be right. So we've got to talk to a sinner sincerely. Now, what do you mean, Brother John? If I'm going to talk to a sinner sincerely, or talk to a sinner at all, it's going to be, well, wait a minute. There's a group of people that's in a competition to see how many professions they can get. Now, they think they're getting people saved. They think they're getting them born again. But, neighbor, all they're doing is making false professions. And it's just another notch on their Bible or their gun stock. And, neighbor, I'm telling you, I would rather somebody come into church and come down to the altar and try to get saved. I would rather for that person to go back to the pew knowing they're lost then thinking they're saved with a false profession our motives have got to be pure if the only reason you're passing out tracks is to keep the pastor off your back your motive ain't right keep passing them out but get your motive changed if the only reason you're trying to get somebody to God is so you can build a testimony of being a super duper soul winner then get your motive right get it right and keep it right amen Somebody just will say amen right there. Neighbor, if, if the only reason uh, that, you, that you want to win somebody to God is so you can post it on Facebook and show everybody how spiritual you are and how many people you're winning. See, we got a group of preachers in our day, even amongst Baptists, even Baptists I know. Don't come to me after the service and ask me who I'm talking about. I wouldn't tell you. I'm praying God will touch these young men and they'll quit all this self-promoting. Hey, but they want, oh, we had this one saved and this one saved and Boy, we're sitting back and say, praise God, that's wonderful. But man, why in the world are you even putting that, posting that out? Hey, man, are you doing it so people will pat you on the back? Are you doing it so you can build some kind of a name for yourself? What is your motive? Somebody say amen. And there Elisha goes, boys, he's a stealer there tonight. Somebody grab that young enough. Hey, amen, we got him. Mama's going to take him out and wear him out here in a minute. Hey, amen, and we're going to pray for his hide while we're on his way out. Hey, amen, but uh, our motive's got to be right. When, some, when we're in church and somebody comes down the altar, and you're one of the first ones up to, and I've watched some, this is how they do, Brother Andrew. There'll be somebody sitting there, and a sinner will come, amen, and they'll come down the altar. Here's what they do. They'll take off, and they'll say, oh, man, let me lead you to God. Why did it have to be you? Have you seen that junk before? It don't have to be me. It don't have to be you. Amen, it don't have to be you. We're not well. All you want is bragging rights. That's all you want, buddy. I've seen it. I've watched my own children in days gone by getting a good service where the Holy Ghost is moving and get under conviction, Brother J.D., go down to an altar calling on God, trying their best to get saved, and the next thing you know, there's ten people all around them, rub them on the back, hold on, honey, hang out, let go, amen, and finally they get tired of all the attention, get up, go back to their pew, lost! Somebody blessed fire and left them alone, they might have got saved. Am I telling it right tonight? Amen. I'm telling you, these bunch of, I call them altar vultures. One of my children went to one of these big time uh, tent meetings, about 5,000 people there, about five or six, seven, what, man, seven or eight years ago maybe now. And uh, my, my, my daughter at the time, Elizabeth, she was lost. <laughs> she went down to the altar and boy, that one of these, honey, why'd you come to the altar? Well, I just wanted to pray. Honey, are you saved? Well, no, I ain't got saved yet, but I just came to pray. And uh, she was young. She just wanted to pray. Let them go to the altar and pray. Hey, man, well, let's lead this prayer. And she didn't want to be rude, so she repeated the prayer. And she knew what I 
saying that. She'd be embarrassed. And, uh, but, and uh, she said, did you pray that prayer? She said, yes, well, you're saved now. Oh, welcome to the family of God. And Elizabeth's like there with a, scrap, with a look on her face. And, uh, and so she said, where's your mother? I want to show you. So she took her over to station and said, ma'am, is this your daughter? She said, yes, it is. She said, I just led your daughter to Christ. How wonderful. I'm about to puke in my mouth thinking about it. How wonderful. And you know what? You know my wife. She's not a loud mouth, really, woman. It, yeah, she's one of the meekest ladies you'll ever meet in your life. And Sister Morgan, she just looked over at that woman and she said, is that right? She said, yes. And she looked at Liz and said, Liz, was God dealing with you about being saved tonight? Liz said, no, Mama, he wasn't. Liz, did you get saved tonight? No, Mama, I didn't. And my wife looked at that woman and said, ma'am, we believe that the Holy Ghost is the one that's got to do the drawing and the convicting. And when he does it, it'll work. And that woman standing there with her eyes big as silver dollars, her mouth wide open. My little old meek wife and my daughter turned around and walked off from her. Hey, man, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if she wasn't still standing there with that, that stupid look on her face. Neighbor, we're not playing games. We're dealing with the sovereign God and the souls of men. We do not have time to play games. We gotta talk to him sincerely. When's the last time you sit down sincerely with one of your children and said, "Hey, you hadn't made a profession yet. You hadn't got baptized. Your testimony is you're lost and you're going to hell, and there's sin in your life. Can we talk about your soul? If they look at you and say no, look at them. Especially if it's your children, say, "Too bad. We're talking about it. You're not shutting me up today." Now, I'm not going to try to shove this message down your throat, but you need to hear it one more time. Jesus loves you, and your sins are going to take you to hell without God. Now, truth be known, Brother J.D., the hardest people we'll ever witness to is our own family. Your mama, anybody here got a lost mom that you know of? Got a, anybody got a lost daddy? Say amen. i tell you what I'd do. I'd be getting on my knees in front of them. And I'd say, I come, I got a bird, I'd turn my plate upside down. I wouldn't eat for three or four days. And I'd go to that lost mama of mine and I'd say, Mama! You're going to hell and I'm going to heaven! I'd love to stroll over to heaven with you one day. Won't you listen to me give you the gospel one time? One more time! Let me witness to you. And if nothing else, let me pray for you right here while you're standing here. Get on your knees and say, Lord, would you save my mom and save my daddy and save my family for us? Too late! They're going to hell without God. We've got to talk to them sincerely. Then nextly, we've got to talk to them seriously. If you're going to talk to a sinner, you've got to talk to them scripturally. You've got to talk to them sincerely. And you've got to talk to them seriously. This is a serious matter, this business of people living without God. We gotta get serious. Quit playing games. Well, then we gotta talk to them supplicationally. We gotta pray for them. We gotta call on God that they'll be saved. One illustration, then I'm moving on. I know two men, two men that got under a burden for an old fellow, and I know the fellow personally. He could have whipped six or seven of us in a fair fist fight, brother. He is he is rough and tough. His first name was John. I used to party with him a little bit before I got born again. And 
after I got saved, we went after them boys up there. It used to ride around McDonald's up on Main Street and up the Main Street. We, we'd go after them and we'd pass out tracks and we'd do it every Saturday and every Friday night. And they got to where the, the, me and my brother was doing it. And they got to where they said, everybody got a track. They'd look at their buddy and said, you get organized yet? Didn't stop me. We wasn't organizing. We was evangelizing. Giving them the gospel of Jesus. Make fun of you all they want to. Get the gospel out. And uh, this old boy, these two boys, a preacher, a young preacher boy and a, and a layman in the church about the same age, they got under a burden for him. They got together and they said, all right, we're going to go see him Thursday night. They got together and said, well, we're going we're going to agree that both of us are going to get by ourselves in the morning and pray for one solid hour for this individual. Every break, every lunch, every break in the afternoon, we're going to pray for this individual. And when uh, they said, when we get off work, we're going we're gonna to go back home and pray for another hour by ourselves for this individual. Then they said, when we get done with that, and they're claiming Matthew 18, 19, we're going to go to the church and pray for this individual for an hour together. Then we're going to get up and we're going to go over there and meet him. And I know one of the guys real well, personally, when they knocked on the door and walked in, that young evangelist, that young preacher, walked up in there and cut his TV off. And that old boy looked back at him and said, hey, man, he said, any other time I'd whip you for walking up in my house and taking over and cutting my TV off. He said, but it's obvious you guys brought somebody with you. You've got a visitor. Y'all brought God with you tonight, didn't you? And, we, and them two young men said, yes, we did. And for an hour he let us witness. Or he, he, I was trying not to call my own name, but for an hour he let us witness to him. For an hour he was convicted. Trembling under conviction. Hands tied together, looking down at the floor. Amen, teared up. When he said, that's enough. Y'all can leave now. He rejected God. As far as I know, God ain't never dealt with him again. I seen him coming out of a grocery store here a couple of years ago and he had overdosed on drugs and they woke him up and when they woke him up he got mad because they wouldn't let him die. He looked at me and I said, man, I'm praying for you. He said, you, you and your brother, y'all are different. He said, God done something for y'all. He said, y'all are different. You and old Brad Pridmore and your brother Matthew, y'all are different. And I said, well, if you ever need anything, John, here's my number. He said, yeah, there is something I need. And I said, what's that? He said, I need a new life. I said, I know a man who can. You, hey, the quickest way to get to a sinner's heart is first go by the throne of God. We are commanded to pray for sinners that are going to hell. Jesus prayed for sinners on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the apostle Paul, when he said, Lord, I wish myself a curse, he was praying for his brethren. He said, I'd go to hell for them. Amen. We've got to pray for them. We've got to talk to them supplicated. We've got to talk to them in simplicity. They don't need us bringing a 1,400-page commentary up there and saying, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. It's going to take me six months to read you this book, but let me do it. No. Hey, I, I don't know about y'all, but and I'm not going to get nobody to raise their hand, but aren't you glad that God put the cookies on the bottom shelf? For an old ignorant redneck like me, I'd have never got it if I'd have had to go to college. I'd have never got it if I'd have had to pay for it. But God put it on the bottom shelf where people like me and you can understand the gospel. Talk to them in simplicity. Plain language is easily understood. What part of this don't you understand? You're lost. 
and you're going to hell and your sins are taking you there. Would you please repent? Talk to them in simplicity. But then we talk to them being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. You got to know when to lead and when to leave them. You got to know when to leave them in the cooker and when it's time. So, hey, you just got to talk to them uh, as sensitively, being led of God. Now, if they're like old Brother Chris Simpson's boy down there on that altar, no brother. Chris, this was Brother Chris Simpson's testimony of his son Wes. He said, uh, "He said Wes come to the altar, and he said he would not be denied. And if they won't be denied, then we don't need to be denied. Give them the gospel of Jesus Christ." Then, lastly, and I'm done tonight. We've got to talk to them spiritually. We need some spirit-filled soul winners. Amen. I'm talking about spirit-filled soul winners. I've to, hey, let's just be honest. Have you ever witnessed to somebody when you was backslid? Boy, it's rough, wasn't it? Have you ever witnessed to somebody when you was full of the Holy Ghost? How smooth and right and, and God was up in it. It makes a difference. Now, should I not witness when I'm not spirit? No, witness all the time. But neighbor, if you want to put it in high gear, get filled with God! And witness to a sinner. We're standing all over the building. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're not going to have any music tonight, I don't think. Brother Andrew, if you want to come pick something on your guitar or whatever, that's fine. If you need to pray, then stop at the altar and pray and don't worry about playing an invitation. Everybody else will to find ourselves on these altars tonight, praying God to give us a burden for sinners. That's how we're going. That's how we're going to close the service tonight. Let's pray God to give us a.